0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Good Friday morning. More on the Raiders Redux in just a minute. But, fellas, the weekend is here. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. The fellas are always saying, check in on our weekend plans. Fellas, if you guys only have one thing on the docket, I'm cool with it. It's Championship Friday for (laughs) Keys Trojans. Then we got Alabama, Ohio State. Notre Dame and Clemson tomorrow, then 12 NFL games on Sunday before all of them kick off. We'll know the four teams in the college football playoff at noon Eastern on Sunday, mm. then Monday night football with the Steelers. It's a football Friday, but it'll be a football Friday, Saturday. And Sunday, if you're watching on TV with Ronnie Lott and Jay Williams, I am Zubin Mahenti, paying homage to another <laughs> Trojan legend wearing the old 42. You guys ready for an unbelievable weekend of football?
2: Oh, Let's get absolutely. It. And it kicks off with tonight. SC Oregon at the Coliseum in Los Angeles, Pac-12 championship. Finally get an opportunity to see what we made of. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be one. And you're right, Ronnie Lott. As Jay Will says, he wouldn't wear another grown man's jersey. (laughs) There's certain ones that I'm going to wear, and this is one for sure. Wait, Key,
3: wait, Key, it didn't kick off with the Raiders doing what the Raiders did last year, last night? It didn't kick off. That didn't kick off. It
2: it, it, it did, but the weekend kicks off tonight. Ah, That wasn't the weekend, right? You know that. Come on, man. You're the one who educate me on these things. I mean,
3: Thursday nights lead to the weekend, though. It's an impetus for the weekend. But I'm with you. We're on the same page.
2: Impetus for the weekend. Yes. Yes. There we go. So so let's
1: roll into this with the Raiders, but really the story, maybe the other quarterback. When John Gruden moved to Las Vegas, you know who bought the plot of land right next to him? The lot right next to Gruden's house? Derek Carr. You know what he was saying? The symbolism was saying, I'm going to be here with you for a while. Hang on a second. Groin injury out, Mariota in, Herbert on the other side. It's the all-Oregon matchup, and Key, we'll talk about the Raiders and their diminishing playoffs hopes in a minute, but the future (laughs) seems really bright for Justin Herbert. And like Babe Ruth, you called your shot with this kid.
2: Well, look, man, it it, it does look bright. I was excited to see how well he played last night, excited to see Coach Lynn get the overtime victory when so many people question his game management his clock management and in look here's what would be go back to the beginning of the football season into the spring prior to the draft doing free agency there was so much build up about what the charges would do moving on from philip rivers they had tyrod taylor sitting there in the wings waiting for philip rivers to depart they decided not to retain philip rivers he leaves now they're on the clock what do we do should they sign cam newton Oh well, Cam Newton. They should sign, and maybe uh, he's a bridge to a quarterback they draft. Should they go get to it? What all these different things? And quiet is just, was kept. The guy right down the road was Justin Herbert at the University of Oregon. I had the fortune, I was fortunate enough to go to the Rose Bowl to see him. I wanted to go see him. You know, I saw him against Arizona State and against uh, Marvin Lewis and, and Antonio Pierce and Herm Edwards and an NFL defense, and that was the first time that he had to deal with that, and they got after him. He had a poor football game. But then I wanted to see him again, close, up close. I saw him at the USC game, even though I was somewhat non-stable after drinking too much tequila, uh, <laughs> you know, at the game tailgating. And so that was kind of foggy. But when I went to the Rose Bowl to see him, I sat there, zooming, and I'm like, you know, he didn't have a lot of throws. He ran the ball well, but you could see, you could see it come off. Whenever he would spin it, you can see it come off his wrist. And then as time went on, you heard the name uh, 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 Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, No, I understand what Joe Burrow has done at LSU and breaking records and winning the Heisman. But to me, this is the guy. He's six foot six. He's athletic. He's big. He's a big, tall, long guy. I mean, really athletic. And so I'm watching him run the ball against uh, Wisconsin, and I'm saying, this is the guy. I don't see how others don't see it. And then as he falls in the draft, the Chargers sit quiet, and they say nothing. And then all of a sudden, they grab him. He's supposed to sit tight while he learns from Tyrod Taylor. Unfortunate accident happens to Tyrod Taylor with the punctured lung. He's inserted into the lineup against the Kansas City Chiefs. He takes them down to the wire, and Justin Herbert' legacy has lived on from there.
3: I mean, there's something to be said, kid, about always staying ready. Right, 27 passing TDs that ties Baker Mayfield that he broke that had that record in 2018. And I don't know, you know, situation has so much to do. We talk about that key where you get drafted to, what opportunities are given to you. Obviously, Tyra Taylor happened. Um, but the kid gets an opportunity. And look, the three Cs, right? He's always cool, calm, and collective, you feel like. Now, that can usually be a knock on kids from California, right, that they're too cool, but it just seems like got drafted to the right situation, to the Chargers, not like the Rams, not with all these crazy expectations, and gets a chance to settle in.
1: One thing, fellas, I want to mention on the Raiders tip here, Key, and this is really interesting. You know, we sung their praises after they knocked off the Chiefs in Arrowhead, we really sung their praises after they narrowly lost to the Chiefs. At home, now their chances to make the playoffs have diminished to 5% in key. Think about what has happened to the Raiders here in the last four or five days. They fire their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther. Then they have four defensive starters missing in last night's game. And oh, by the way, their offensive coordinator wasn't there last night because he's dealing with COVID. That's Greg Olson. So you shake up both of your coordinators in less than a week. You're missing four starters on defense. And now your playoff hopes have all but disappeared. Yet another key late-season fade for Gruden in go-around number two with the Raiders.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, I I can't put my finger on it. Um, It's just a situation. A fortunate car gets hurt. They were driving. They had some momentum. They were back and forth, playing pretty good football at that point in time. It's just they didn't didn't work out. And, And so now you're looking... Why can't they fix the secondary? How come the defense is playing the way that it was playing? I know one thing in terms of the the rush defense, Rob Marinelli fixed that the pass defense. They did not fix. They need to get together and figure out how to get that done. And maybe just some of the coaching decisions in game decisions is, is costing them to the point where they're kind of melting down last year. They lose five of the last six games. And now this year, they've lost five, four of the last five. They're headed in that direction. They could, they should have lost to the New York Jets, and they would be five for five. But it didn't happen that way. So when you start to look at it, you have to wonder, what, what is going on with Coach Gruden? And I go back to his tenure with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I look at that, and I sit there, and I say to myself, this is sort of the same way that things went in Tampa. After the Super Bowl victory, collapses were happening in the second half of the season. There was no, there, I, I don't know if it's adjustments. I don't know what it is, but it, it certainly needs to be fixed.
3: Look, I know we have to go to break in about a minute, but it just felt like the Raiders deserved to lose last night because they weren't playing to win. Like you play to win. Over time, You know, you you run two running plays with Josh Jacobs, okay. You run a little bit of a play action on the last one. Why not go for it on fourth down? If anything, you pin the Chargers within their own end zone, like on the five-yard line. I don't understand the reasoning why just to take the points. I know I'm not a a head coach, but it just felt like John Gruden was playing it safe there. (laughs) I know it felt like John Gruden was playing it safe instead of going for the win, going for the throw. All
1: right, Jay, you want to know the rationale? Here's Coach Gruden answering your question.
0: It was fourth and five. You know, we got a little bit closer. um, You know, we would have thought about it, but it was fourth and five. Um, We had them in second and ten, backed up on their own 25, and we had a penalty, and um, a big penalty. But if it was a little bit closer, I'd have considered going for it. I know I went for it a few times earlier in the game, but to take the lead uh, with three minutes left, I thought it was the play to make at that time.
1: Hmm. So that's the rationale there from Coach Gruden. We're asking this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who is this weekend's game more important for? This is the Sunday night tilt. The Giants or the Browns? Be a part of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official college football's back. And so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Again, Chargers over the Raiders in OT. On the way, what would cause one NFL player to call another player a coward? Mm. Simply put, it's one of the most insulting things one man can do to another.
4: We heard from Cleveland Browns receiver Jarvis Landry, who called out Ravens cornerback Marcus Peters. He's a coward. For what appeared to be video of Peters spitting and Landry's direction during their game Monday night. Peters has released a statement through the Ravens team denying Landry's accusation. Uh.
1: Sage Steele breaking it down on SportsCenter yesterday. This is sort of a wild story. Keyshawn Will and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. So here's the deal. Ravens-Browns Monday night. As you know, Marcus Peters of the Ravens appearing to spit at the Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry when his back was turned. This would be Landry's back was turned Monday night. Jarvis Landry said he was unaware of the incident until after the game when he watched a replay of it. After he watched it, he was locked and loaded and went right after Peters.
0: He's a coward. You know, I think, I think you know, he he knew that Maybe behind my back he'd do things like that, but to my face he wouldn't. So, you know, i take it for what it's worth. And, you know, now I know. Everybody knows the type of player he is, the type of person he is, and just move on from there. I saw the video after the game, uh, uh, which, you know, obviously losing the game and then after the game seeing that, you know. Um, but again, like I say, man, it's, it's, it's cowardly. Do you guys have a history? We don't have a history. But, you know, for for some reason, uh, he seemed to have it out for, you know, myself and O and, and, and whatever his beef is. I don't know, but, you know, that's what he wanted. He, he definitely got it.
1: Mm, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Jay, weigh in here with what you think the discipline or punishment should be for Marcus Peters for that vile act.
3: Look, I, I think he should be suspended for a game. Uh, I know he'll probably get fined for it. But I, I got to tell you, I don't know what COVID NFL protocols this broke, but this broke the manly protocol realm for me. Because this, this is kind of stuff, Zubin, makes me like, and I'm always the guy to try to keep things classy and stay prof- professional. I never try to perpetuate anger or violence. But with a c- scenario like that, I'm rolling up my sleeves. We're We're going to fight. Like, if I see you, we are going to fight, especially knowing that, you didn't have the moxie to spit at me looking at me? You're going to do it behind my back? Like, that is not only cowardly. That is, every time I see you, we are going to have a problem. I'm going to need my teammates to hold me back from trying to attack your throat. And to only further that, if you go on Marlon Humphrey's IG Live that he posted after the game, then you have the audacity to talk about me and refer to me and OBJ as girlfriend. As it's girlfriend? Like Key, I'm trying to tell you. If you had heard the IG Live, Key, I I know how I'm gonna react. I can only imagine how you would react, Key. You would go a different level. You might go nuclear on him.
2: Yeah, I, I can't you know, I, I saw the IG Live, uh somebody sent it to me. I can't get caught up in wor- homegirl, words. Home girl, excuse that, me, home girl. Words, words don't really I mean that whatever, all right? I've been called I've been called worse. So it's not I'm not even tripping on that. The part that gets me is Marcus Peters is seen walking back after the play. And it appears that he was spitting in that direction. Now, once the NFL investigation comes down and they find that that was the case, then he should be taken off the field for the rest of the season. I I don't one game, the rest of the season, if that was the case, if that's what they find, He should be suspended for the rest of the season because that is disgusting. I will whoop his you-know-what, period. And I like Marcus Peters. I like him. He's from Oakland. He's a California kid. But you have drawn the line, buddy. That is just, that is disgusting. It is the worst thing that you could possibly do to a human being. I wish, like hell, somebody would have ever tried that with me. Ever. Ever. I'm telling you, you talk about what you would have did, Jay. Game on every time I see you. Even today, as a 40-year-old, 48-year-old man with kids, if you spit on me, game on, period. I don't care. You're not going to do that to me. I am not an animal. I am not an animal. You're not doing that to me. And, and Marcus knows better. He knows better. It's just he, he, he plays with an edge. He has a chip on his shoulder. I get it. But that there, bro, that's not it. Spitting on somebody is spitting at somebody. And then you bring up the COVID situation. Yes, that is a double down at that point. Like, what are you thinking? Like, where's your mind at? If that is what your actions were, if that's what you were doing, because I don't know. I can't go off what Landry is saying. I'm going to have to go off with Marcus and what the NFL is saying. Cause I can't I can't go off of that. He it looked like he was spitting in his direction. And I'ma say it again. If that was the case, he's gonna have to see me regardless. And if I'm Landry, I'm not just walking around acting like that's not a problem. You know. I, I just the word part of it, the video, I don't care about that. But spitting at me and putting your hands on me, now you are taking it to a different level. That is some of the most disgusting stuff ever.
3: Ever, key. I don't think I don't think this investigation takes that long. I mean, it's right there on the video. I'm, it's I'm right saying, there I'm on the saying, video. Like,
2: I'm not. I'm not saying, buddy, that it's going to take long. All I'm saying is, if they come to a conclusion that that is what was, it was and that's what took place, then it's it's not a one game suspension. The ruling uh, uh, is not a one game suspension. It's a simple. You won't be playing for the rest of the season, bro. I'll see you in 2021. That's um. just it. That's it. That's some nasty. Uh, I, that is nasty, man. That's nasty. I go all the way back. I've seen it done many times in the National Football League in my playing career and in my post career. But the one that sticks out to me the most is when Bill Romanowski did that to J.J. Stokes. If I'm J.J., every time I see Bill Romanowski, game on, period, period.
1: That just – it's it's gross, yeah, you got to be old enough to remember that particular incident between Romanowski, the linebacker, and the 49ers wide receiver, but that's where I first go back to as well. Key in our final minute, the, uh, the line that really gets me from Landry looking ahead is, quote, about Peters, quote, everybody knows the type of player he is, the type of person he is. Talented but troubled. He's a two-time All-Pro, but it's, uh, it's notable that a guy with that much talent Hasn't been able to stick on a team very long.
2: You know, I don't want to. I don't want to get into in his if, if he's troubled or, or these. People leave teams for many reasons, right? He's never been uh, it, it, from, from what I can remember. He's never been thrown in jail. He's never did those sort of things. So I don't want to. I don't want to say that he's troubled. Again, people leave teams for many different reasons. One would tell you that I was a troubled football player, so I left the Jets and left Tampa Bay and left Dallas. That that's not true. People will form their own narrative about who you are. One thing that I will say is he's a good football player, and he certainly plays with an edge on and off the field. That's what I would say.
1: Okay, fair enough. And maybe he went over the edge with that edge in this particular incident. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. The NFL insider, Dinah Russini, is going to join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line in 15 minutes. But on the way, if Drew Brees can't go this weekend in this giant game against the Chiefs, he thinks – The choice is simple. It's got to be Jameis Winston, not Taysom Hill.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority.
1: That on Altitude, 98.7 FM. The Chargers over the Raiders in overtime. The Raiders lose Derek Carr to a groin injury. Marcus Mariota comes in. Raiders loss, drops their playoff chances to 5%. How about this? The Chargers games in the division against the Chiefs, Broncos, and Raiders. All of those games have gone down to the final play. Think about that. The Chargers finally get a big win after losing so many close devastating games over the last few seasons as you know the Rockets as you know are looking to move James Harden they don't want to but Harden wants out and it's not just Brooklyn and Philly anymore sources telling ESPN the pool of teams has been opened but a lot of teams as you might expect are a little gun shy if they know that Harden won't commit to them long term for what it's worth The Rockets do have team control over Harden over the next two years. They open the regular season on Wednesday. Sunbelt title game, Coastal Carolina-Louisiana, canceled for tomorrow. The Chanticleers will finish 11-0. And Louisiana lost one game this season to Coastal Carolina. Yet despite that, the league says they're going to share the conference title. How does that work? One team is undefeated and handed the other team its only loss, and they share the conference title. Somebody explain that to me. Center presented by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com. Straight Talk. Limitations and exclusions apply.
0: The Saints designated Drew Brees to return off injury reserve, which means he's now eligible to play if they see that he's fit to do that. Saints getting ready to play the Chiefs this upcoming weekend. These were serious internal injuries, as you mentioned, that he's coming back from. So before they put him on the playing field, they want to make sure. It's the first step for him in his return. Taysom Hill is still the starting quarterback as of right now.
1: As Kevin Nagandi said, the operative word right now, talking to Adam Schefter there last night on SportsCenter, I think it's the biggest game, at least matchup-wise, on Sunday. I know everybody listening, it's your favorite team. That's the biggest game, but come on, man. Chiefs, Saints, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. So can Drew Brees return? Here's Sean Payton on a litany of things he still needs to see.
3: Functionality, strength,
0: throwing, you know, without soreness without i mean there's a process and you know last week with the trainers he had one throwing day then yesterday you know
3: the same way and so it's really asymptomatic feeling good strong and like you can function and, and you know be an asset and play well
1: all right key so the conventional wisdom would be if breeze can't go and obviously this is a huge game for new orleans as they try to stay right behind the packers On pace for the number one seed is Green Bay. That kind of flip-flopped this last week after the Saints had won nine in a row. The conventional wisdom is they would go to Taysom Hill since he has been the starter since Breeze essentially got hurt, at least the first full-game starter, realizing Jameis came in in his stead when Breeze had the rib injury. But you're saying there's a simple reason you think that if Breeze can't go, Jameis should be the guy.
2: Well, here's why I think that, though, right? I'm a receiver, first of all. So I, I want the ball pushed down the field. I want to be able to contribute to my team. And I don't know that Taysom Hill can do that on a consistent basis, chasing Patrick Mahomes and Eric bien me and Andy Reid on the offensive side of the ball as they score points. He, he certainly had a okay game in Philly. He didn't have a great game. He didn't have a bad game. He just was the quarterback. And I didn't see enough in that Philadelphia game that made me think, okay, well, they're going to be able to just drop back and throw the ball all over the lot if they get into trouble. That is my concern. I've seen Jameis Winston do that. Now, I'm not in the building. I'm not in the room. I don't know if Jameis is struggling or picking up certain things that they want to do with their offense, with Drew Brees, that style. I know Taysom Hill is not running the entire package, but he is running some things that Drew does, I think Jameis will allow them to run the same offense that they've always run. I don't know why Sean is reluctant to go with Jameis. I I don't know. I'm not in the room. So I don't know if if Jameis is missing some stuff and making Sean and the offensive staff feel uncomfortable. Um, But they're 3-1 with Taysom Hill. If Drew Brees is starting in this game on Sunday, i pick Kansas City to win, but I'm going to have to pick the New Orleans Saints if Breeze is in there. I've been struggling with this over the last couple of days. The closer we get, the more I feel like Drew Breeze is going to take the snaps, and I'll have to switch my pick to the New Orleans Saints.
3: Look, I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs no matter what, even if Breeze does play his first game back. And here's why I don't think that Jameis Winston is going to play. First off, you know, we've been on this show, and I've heard Key talk about multiple times, about Sean Payton, about how if there's one coach – in the in National Football League, that you will have to trust with quarterbacks that understands how quarterbacks operate and can make them function at a high level. That is Sean Payton. Sean Payton has to be seeing something within Jameis Winston. That does not give him the confidence to start him over Taysom Hill, or he would have done that four games ago when Drew Brees first went out. He would have given him an opportunity. He even came out and said that, look, he's, he'll have a chance to compete for a starting quarterback position here when Drew Brees retires, and that be between him and Taysom Hill. Here's why Taysom Hill will start. He's 3-1 as a starter. He's thrown for 230-plus yards for three out of four games. His QB rating is over 100 three out of four games. It just it, – and. With the exception of the Denver game, where he just ran the ball for most of the game, anyway, but it just feels like I, I know you can ask the question, "Hey, well, if they get down, how can they get back into the game quickly?" But it's not like Taysom Hill has been playing bad football. he's no, playing he's good not, football. He, he's
2: not, he hasn't been playing bad football, but at the position, does he give them a true opportunity from the quarterback spot of throwing the football, like on a consistent? Bases. if you go back when drew Brees got injured they didn't go to taysom hill they went to Jameis winston so naturally you would think that Jameis winston would be the starter they elected to go with taysom hill as the starting quarterback and now they're sitting at a three and one spot with him underneath the center which i'm fine with i just think that when you look and they're down in their uh, uh patrick mahomes and in tyreek hill and sammy watkins and kelsey They're pushing the ball down the field and scoring points. And you are methodically moving the ball down the field because you can't get big chunks because Taysom Hill isn't, is the quarterback and you don't feel comfortable calling some of those plays that will allow you to push the ball down the field. I just think that you would call them probably with Jameis. If you felt good about him. I just don't know why Jameis. I don't know. I, I don't know why he hasn't gotten the opportunity to be the guy In these situations, it's hard, though, when you're three and one, you're three and one with a quarterback. It's hard to start Taysom Hill. If he struggles, go to Jameis Winston, because now you may, you know, you may all of a sudden uh, get into the mind of Taysom Hill and make him feel that you don't trust him. You know, or if you decide to start Jameis Winston after going three and one, maybe you fracture the way Taysom Hill is thinking now. Maybe I'm not a quarterback. So there's all sorts of things that coaches got to go through. Jay, when they're making these decisions on who should be the quarterback.
3: Yeah, but Keith, Taysom Hill doesn't, and I don't know Taysom Hill, but just watching his mannerisms, watching the way he's gotten thrusted into this offense from time after time, he doesn't seem like somebody that feels like he's mentally fragile to me. (laughs) He seems like a pretty tough individual with the way he's played.
2: it's It's not really mentally fragile. It's just like I got all these hopes of being a quarterback in the National Football League and I got us at 3-1, and and now all of a sudden we're going to go to Jameis Winston. Why did you do that? That's more of the thought process in the mind. Imagine you playing point guard at Duke, and then all of a sudden Coach K, you become the Wooden Award winner your sophomore year, and and then Coach K comes around going into your junior year and says, well, you know, we want to run a two-point guard system because I got this. And you're going to sit there and be like, well, wait a minute, man. I just won the national college basketball player of the year award, and now you have to tell me I'm getting ready to share time with somebody else. So it it it's just a natural reaction, I would think, from an athlete.
3: I love that you just compared a three and one record to winning a national championship and being in the Wooden Award. You know what? I'm see how he see man. how he looks at me, Zubin. Stop. You see how he looks at me. You see? I, stop. Because the award <laughs> should have went to Carlos Boozer.
2: We all know that. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive (laughs) Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. A couple things to mention here. A few things here. One, in a way, they've already paid Taysom Hill to be there. So in some cases, from the mental fragility standpoint, to Jay's point, I agree. He's lock, stock, and barrel because even though he's not getting quote-unquote starter money, he's not a starter, the Saints have given a financial investment to him. Also keep in mind this year, three games for injured reserve. Normally it's much longer than that, but because it's the three-game IR in the year of the coronavirus, Breeze can get back a lot quicker. And Jay, by the way, operative number here at three, when's the last time you saw the Saints as a three-point dog in their own building, that doesn't—I know the fans and all that stuff aren't there, but that's still a rarity to see for New Orleans, huh? Well, no, it, go ahead. Kid.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the Saints, with fans in the stands or not, at times they struggle. They lose games at home. It's not the home field advantage that you think when you look at it. They lose games at home.
1: We'll see if another one is on tap. Sunday with the NFL's most powerful offense coming to town our Diana Roussini will be there in the house covering the Chiefs and the Saints for ESPN and she joins us this morning on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line so Diana right before you came on we spent the entire segment talking about Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, <laughs> and Drew Brees from your reporting who are you thinking or who are your sources telling you is the most likely to start out there and take the first snap on Sunday for New Orleans.
4: Yeah, guys, I love the conversation uh, you've been having. I've been listening the whole time. Um, So if you saw some of the video of Drew Brees at practice yesterday, guys, I know he was just going through warm-up, but for a man that broke over 10 ribs, He looked tremendous out there on the field working out with the guys. And, you know, he's been cleared by doctors. And a lot of this was really going to come down to how he looked at practice. And, you know, guys, when I was with you last week and we were talking about how the Saints organization was going to move forward, I think I pounded uh, pretty hard that they're going to be very conservative, that they want to make sure that Drew Brees is 100 percent, that he's going to be ready to go come the playoffs. And then they go out there and lay an egg with Taysom Hill in Philadelphia against the Eagles. And we know what happens sometimes when your team loses. There becomes a little bit of impatience, a little bit of excitement of, we got to get our starter back here. You know, Drew, what's going on? And, you know, he worked out last week before the Eagles game. And sources told me that it it was just an okay workout. It wasn't great. Um, And then he worked out this week and he's taking steps in a really positive direction. And look, Drew Brees is an amazing competitor and an amazing athlete. If it's up to him, he's playing on Sunday. If they ask Drew Brees, do you want to play? He's going to say yes. That, that, that's not breaking news. Uh, but this is going to come down to what Sean Payton wants to do if he thinks that this is the best move for a team that really needs to win. They do not want to go to Green Bay and play at Lambeau and have Green Bay get home field advantage. This is a team that is spectacular indoors in the dome at home in new orleans so um the sense i'm getting zubin is is that drew looks good i think we're going to get a a firmer decision later today but the fact that this chiefs team has no idea who their quarterback is going to be on a friday i think is also going to make this a really interesting element headed into sunday
2: Let's assume that, uh, Diana, I know you've been covering the the Saints for a while and, and, and you're dialed in in New Orleans, but let's assume that Drew Brees can't go. He gets a setback of some sort. Taysom Hill is the starter. Will Sean be reluctant to go? Sean Payton, the head coach, obviously, of New Orleans Saints. Would he be reluctant to go to Jameis Winston early if, in fact, Taysom Hill struggles?
4: So let's start off big picture. Um, Whenever you and I talk about Taysom Hill and Sean Payton's relationship, we always talk about how it's kind of like the relationship we all want. They're so loyal to each other. Taysom wants to be the backup this year.